You're listening to Sea Air with Suleiman Ocheni. Welcome to the podcast. I hope you had a lovely weekend because I did. <laughs> anyway, without wasting too much time, let's get into the advice portion of this advice podcast. First, I am a 21-year-old woman about to graduate university and my best friend is a guy and we have been best friends for most of our lives. We are so close that he turned down an offer to go to a more prestigious university because I didn't get in and chose to go where I got in. He is one of the most stabilizing forces in my life, but there is something he doesn't know. I am in love with him and have been for years. Honestly, he ticks all the boxes for a potential partner. He is handsome, hot, smart, kind, funny, just the whole package. The thing is, I'm scared to ruin our friendship by telling him how I feel. What should I do? See, normally I would say that he doesn't like you. Because in my experience, men go after what they want. So if a man hasn't made the move, then he is not interested. Because guys tend to be territorial. Like if a guy truly likes you, he wouldn't want to leave you out in the wild, you know, for somebody else to come and pounce. However, given how young the both of you are, it might be that he doesn't have the courage to tell you. He could be shy. Yeah, guys can be shy too. It happens. It's been known to happen. He could also have the same concerns as you about ruining the friendship. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should let him know how you feel about him. Don't ask him to be your boyfriend. Just tell him how you feel and listen to what he has to say. If he doesn't feel the same about you, take that L and be going. Don't cry in front of that man. Things will be awkward for a while and how you blow past that awkwardness is by talking about it. Acknowledge the awkwardness in conversation and it will be less awkward. This is what you say and I'm going to give you a quote so use this quote. I know things will be awkward for a while but we have always been friends. Let's continue our friendship but just give me some time to get over my feelings. And really, with time, you will get over these feelings. Now, if he likes you, then obviously, hooray, you guys can start dating and see where things go. No problem. But if he has the same worries as you about, like, spoiling the friendship, here's how I feel about that. I understand that genuine friendships are hard to come by. Really, I get it. It's hard to make real friends. You know, people who actually have your back, who genuinely care about you. And romance can mess such a thing up because it could end in breakup and you know the both of you hating each other. But here's my thing. It could end badly, but also it could not. And isn't the possibility that things could turn out well worth the risk? Because as hard as it is to find genuine friendships, it's even harder to find genuine romance. Because all you need to do to see the nonsense that women are having to put up with in the name of romance is just look around. Basically, what I'm saying is I would take the chance with this person that I know is a good person as opposed to suffering in the dating world. And really, if you guys end up dating and things end badly, if the both of you really care about each other and are mature, you can circle back in a few years after the wounds have healed and restart your friendship. It happens. Anyway, that's all the advice I have for you. So good luck and I hope things work out for you. Next question. I am a guy in his mid-twenties and I am caught between a rock and a hard place. I am part of a three-person best friendship. The three of us grew up together, as in we played together as babies because our parents were friends. Anyway, two years ago, my other two best friends became romantically involved. I didn't think it was a good idea, but I kept my mouth shut. 
Things were going fine. They seemed like a good fit and they tried hard to not make me feel like a third wheel. Anyway, last week, everything went to hell when my female friend confessed to my male friend that she had cheated on him. He dumped her on the spot. He is so hurt and angry and she feels so guilty and can't stop crying. I really don't know what to do. I love them both, but I don't know if I should be taking sides or not. What should I do? See, first of all, I want to commend you for keeping your mouth shut when your friends started dating. Even if you thought it was a bad idea, it was not your place to say anything. So kudos to you for that. Now, onto the matter at hand. This is a really messed up situation. Like, I feel for your friend deeply. I have never been cheated on, but I would imagine it's a pain and betrayal like no other. He must be in a dark place right now. Considering the person who cheated on him was not only his girlfriend, but a lifelong friend. I'm sure he was considering marriage and then all this happened. What you need to do right now is be there for him. If he needs to cry, be with him. If he needs to vent, be with him. If he wants to go and get ice cream in the middle of the night, if you can, go with him. But also, you should counsel him. That is one of your jobs now. What I'm about to say is controversial, but listen. I don't think it's always the case that there is no coming back from cheating. Society has conditioned us to feel like if someone cheats on you, then gulag, you know, they're gone. But cheating and human sexuality is very complicated just in general. If her cheating was a one-time thing, I think that is forgivable. You know, with some work and effort, people make mistakes, things happen. If it was an ongoing affair, that's something different, you know. Again, like I said, these issues are complicated. So if it was a one-time thing and she is truly remorseful and will do anything to get his forgiveness, then that's something I think you should consider. The choice is up to him. If he feels that he can't forgive her, that's a valid choice. And if he decides to forgive her, that's also a valid choice. By the way, don't tell him any of this when he is still reeling from the breakup. I want to be clear about that part. <laughs> Wait a while until he has cooled off before saying any of this to him. As for your position towards her, it's unfair, but this is what you should do. Go to her and tell her that you still care for her because she is your friend too. However, your other friend needs you more. He needs to feel that you are loyal to him right now. He needs to feel that he was chosen, chosen over her. That's what he needs. So you need to choose him in a very obvious way. It sucks for her right now that she's going to be losing both of her best friends in one fell swoop. But that's how life is. There are consequences to your actions. This is one of them. I know what I am saying you should do sounds cruel and could push her into an unhealthy place, but your concern right now should be for your friend who was hurt, not the person who hurt him. I am sorry you are in this position. Really, I do not envy you, but I hope everything works out. Next question. I just started university and I'm kind of being accused of sexual assault. So this is what happened. When school started, I noticed this shy girl in my class. She was always alone and wasn't talking to anyone. So I went to her and drew her into conversation and found that she was really interesting to talk to. I introduced her to some people and she's now mixing better with others. The thing is, I found out a few days ago that she is going around telling people that I physically came on to her in a pretty forceful way. I never touched her. I don't know if she wants to look desirable to other guys by claiming I couldn't control myself when around her or what. What should I do? See, this exact scenario actually happened to me in secondary school. If you want that story, then you can go and watch it on my TikTok at Suleiman underscore talks. But anyway, back to this situation. This is a very tricky situation because I'm sure every impulse you have right now is to try and defend yourself. 
But by doing that, you run the risk of blowing this story up bigger than it already is. Because now, it is just rumors. If you give it any energy, it could reach school administration and then become a serious case. But on the other hand, if you do nothing, this rumor has the potential to travel far. And considering male-female dynamics across history, people will believe this story as soon as they hear it because this situation is so common. And depending on your size in relation to hers, that can make things much worse for you. I don't know if you are much bigger than her or not, but there you have it. What I would suggest you do is not confront her, but get out in front of this. I don't know what your school is like, but go to student services or whatever your school's version of that is. If you can afford it, I would even get a lawyer involved. Get it on the record first. Be the first person to raise alarm about any of this. Tell your side of the story so that if she should ever come forward with bogus claims, that they do not take her seriously. And let me give you some solace, you know, some peace of mind. It has been such a horrendous thing that for real victims of sexual harassment, assault, violence, you know, that their word is not enough. They need proof of the violation before a court will take them seriously. You know, in issues like this, as unfortunate as it is, you need to prove that you were attacked, harassed, assaulted. Although normally in cases where there are real victims, this is an impediment, this will work to your advantage here. If truly you have done nothing, then she will have no proof. That's why I said you shouldn't confront her. Stay away from her so as not even give the illusion that there is anything going on between the both of you. So legally, you should be fine. Socially, it's a little more precarious. All you can do is counter her lies with the truth. Whenever you are presented with the opportunity, you know, in conversation, if somebody asks you, if somebody says something to you, you know? Yeah, like I said, I understand how you feel. I'm sorry this is happening to you. It happens sometimes. I just want to also say it's not common. Let's not use this girl's crazy to paint all of womanhood. It's not common, but yeah, it happens sometimes and I'm really sorry. I know it's not easy, but you will pull through. Next question. I'm 14 years old and I am a girl and I'm just about to start secondary school after I took some time off for personal reasons. I've always been tall for my age and taller than everyone in my class. My classmates have always teased me about my height, calling me things like towering, taller. The problem is, since the last time they saw me, I have gone through a growth spurt and have grown almost a foot. I'm afraid to go back to school because I worry about the bullying getting worse. Should I just suck it up and go back to school or ask my parents to homeschool me? See, honestly, the way kids can be brutal, I don't think I've ever seen an adult being that brutal. Like, it's bad. Bullying in schools is an intense situation. So I'm sorry this is happening to you. Um, when I was your age, I didn't really get bullied. There were some instances here and there, but nothing really major. And it was a lot for me to deal with, so I can only imagine how you feel. But let me tell you something about those kids who are judging you. They are just jealous of you. The girls are jealous of you because when you walk into a room, you steal attention from them. That is also part of the case for the boys. But the boys are mostly jealous of you because height is a highly coveted commodity in manhood. And you have more of it than they do. So they feel threatened. They know they can't step to you, like, you know, to chat you up. So they feel threatened. And also know that these kids, they have their own insecurities. It's just that their own insecurities are easier to hide. And they are attacking you to distract from their own insecurities so that they do not become victims of what they are doing to you themselves. 
because I feel it's important that you know these things because sometimes it, it can help to put all of this into perspective so that you don't take it so personally. Don't ever allow yourself to feel bad because of your height, especially because these people are bullying you about it. They have their own issues that they're trying to distract themselves from. It has nothing to do with you specifically. Trust me, when you grow up, your height is going to be one of your biggest assets. Also, all these kids who are bullying you now, I know it feels like they occupy every part of your life, but when you leave that school, they won't even matter anymore. You will barely think about them after a while. Now, as for the whole homeschooling thing, I'm of two minds about that. First of all, school as in going to an actual school, I think is very important. School is not all about books and academics. People learn a lot of the social skills they need to navigate the world in school. It is all part of the hidden curriculum, you know, things you learn at school that aren't part of the syllabus. I have known a few homeschooled people, and I hate to say it, but they've always seemed a little off to me socially. They struggle to move through society. Of course, these are just my observations. It's anecdotal. It's not scientific proof or anything like that. There are actually studies that disagree with my observations, but that's what I have seen, so I am biased to my own experience. So even if it will be hard, if you can stomach it, I would suggest that you go back to school. Also, learning how to deal with bullies builds character. I know it sounds like a cliche, but it's true. Now, on the other hand, I am a bottom line kind of person. If you fear for your safety, either by someone else's hands or your own, even if you will be stunted in your growth developmentally, I would suggest homeschooling. Because at the end of the day, your safety should be the priority. Like I said before, I am sorry this is happening to you, but try to keep reminding yourself that this will pass. Secondary school will only last so long. Before you know it, you will be out of there and be off living your life. So good luck. Moving on to our fact of the day. Did you know that about 95% of Nigeria's rainforests have been destroyed? When someone says Nigeria to you, I'm sure the first thing that pops into your head is not rainforest. <laughs> This is because we have been steadily destroying them. The Afi Mountain Wildlife Sanctuary is one of the last rainforests in Nigeria and it is home to the endangered drill monkey, of which there are only around 3,000 left in the world. Listen, I understand that wood and timber are very important natural resources, but these things are renewable resources. So as we are taking, we should be planting. Imagine if every time someone chopped down a tree, they planted two more. But in Nigeria, we don't do that. We really need to learn to be foresighted, you know, and develop a maintenance culture because these are things we do not have. If we continue like this, our descendants will suffer the consequences. That is if we ourselves don't. Because it will get to a point that if we're not planting trees and we're cutting down all the trees that are there, it will affect the oxygen that we are breathing. We will no longer have those trees to use them to do what we're using them to do, you know, building, fire, all of that. So we really need to take nature conservation seriously in this country because if we don't, things are going to get very dire for us very quickly. Moving on to my week in pop culture. My first story is, man responsible for building collapse in Uyo has been arrested. The police in Akwaibom state have arrested the man they believe is responsible for a building collapse in Uyo last September. The building was actually supposed to be a six-story building, but collapsed when the contractors got to the fourth floor. According to um, Godwin Tepiko, who is the South-South Zonal Coordinator of the National Emergency Management Agency, Two people died in that incident. One died on the scene and one died after they had taken them to hospital. Olatoye Durusimi, the commissioner of police in Akwaibom, said that the site engineer, a Felix Udo, ran away immediately after the building came down. He was caught, that is the person that they've caught now, and after being interrogated, 
This um, Felix Udo confessed that he isn't actually an engineer, but a builder. So he's currently being held for arraignment in court. Another story similar to this that just happened, the Lagos State Fire and Rescue Service have confirmed that a building under construction partially collapsed. This happened in Ikeja this past week. Luckily, no one was trapped or seriously injured. Everyone got away safely, so at least we can be happy about that. First, I want to advocate for specialization. Everyone wants to be a jack of all trades these days. If you break your leg, you go to a doctor, not a mechanic. If your car is bad, you go to a mechanic, not a plumber. If the pipes in your house have an issue, you call a plumber, not an electrician. Do you see where I'm going with this? A lot of people look at work they are not qualified for and think it is easy to do. Then they attempt it and go and put people's lives at risk. A lot of the time, I see people cutting these kinds of corners just to save money and it ends horrifically. There was a man near where I live who has been building houses for like upwards of 20 years. He has been working with engineers this whole time. So this one time he decided he can do the work himself. He doesn't need an engineer. He has been working with engineers for long enough, so he doesn't need them. So he built a four-story apartment building. And as soon as that building was done, it came right back down. Because the guy didn't know everything he was supposed to do. The fact that you have worked with engineers for long does not mean you know every single thing that they do. Luckily, in that situation, tenants hadn't started moving into the building, so nobody was harmed. But I don't know how people are comfortable taking these risks, just playing with people's lives. And when you talk about these issues, some people will say that it's because of substandard building materials in the market. They blame these materials for these building collapses. But the thing is, if there wasn't a demand for these substandard products, then there wouldn't be a supply. I know someone who saw one too many of these building collapse stories. So he went to China and bought, you know, those um, vibrating block machines that make cinder blocks that are so strong that you need specialty tools to destroy. You know, so that building, unless somebody wants it to come down, it won't come down. Anyway, this guy made the blocks. He started his business, but then people refused to buy it because they claimed they were too expensive. And that's the thing. People want cheap. But quality products cost money and very few people in real estate development are willing to spend that money. At this point, the government needs to step in and regulate the sector more stringently than they already are because these people are doing whatever they want and we, the public, are having to pay the price. At the end of the day, these people are ruining their reputations and in turn, their relationships with the public. To be honest with you, if I wanted to build today, I don't know that I would trust a Nigerian architect or engineer because they have spoiled themselves in my mind. Or let me say the bad ones, the fraudsters have spoiled their reputation. So even the good ones, what they should be doing is to be fighting against this. It's not enough to just be a good architect or engineer these days. You have to organize, unionize to make sure that these fraudulent people don't come and spoil your reputation. Because at the end of the day, you are the ones losing out. So please, whatever business you are going into, whether it is building, whether it is selling a car on the side of the road, make sure you are qualified to do it. It's not only that there is a very high likelihood that you will fail, but you could hurt people at the end of the day. This is very serious and it's not something that should be taken lightly. Anyway, moving on to my next story. Woman marries Romanian husband after five months of dating. A 37-year-old woman, Amaka Roberts, came online to express her joy after marrying her Romanian husband, who she only dated for five months. They met online on a dating app in March of this year and dated long distance the whole five months. Two weeks after they started seeing each other, he asked for her hand in marriage. He then paid her bride price and did everything he was supposed to do. He came to Nigeria on the 4th of August, 2023. They had their court wedding the next day on the 5th of August, 2023. Only a day after meeting each other physically for the first time. 
According to Amaka, before she got married, she was under a lot of pressure from her father, who is a pastor. He was embarrassed that his own daughter was not married. He felt how could his congregants trust him to pray for them to find husbands when his own daughter was still single at 37. Amaka is now happy because this marriage has put a stop to the ridicule she had been receiving. <laughs> I have so many thoughts about this. See, I'm a firm believer that people should live together before they marry. And whenever I say this publicly, I always get so much pushback because people are always like, oh, no, it is wrong. It's against the Quran. It's against the Bible. But here's how I come at it. How a person conducts themselves in their home is very different from how they conduct themselves outside. And what a person says they will do once they get married is often different from what they actually end up doing. For example, if you are dating somebody and they smoke, you don't have a problem with the fact that they smoke, but you don't want them to smoke in the home right? If they lie to you and say they don't smoke in the home and then you believe them and you get married and they start smoking in the home and you hate it, what are you going to do? And whenever I give examples like this, people say, hey, don't you trust the person that you are going to marry? And to that, I want to quote Ronald Reagan who said, trust but verify. I trust you, but let me do my due diligence and see with my own two eyes. You know, so that's why I think people should live together before they get married. We all have deal breakers when it comes to our living situations. You should live with the person you have decided to marry to know whether they have any of those deal breakers. I also feel like five months is not long enough to know a person enough to marry them. Even when you live in the same town and see each other regularly. But these people have married after five months of dating and only one day after meeting each other. I would be lying if I said I wouldn't be concerned if this was someone I know. Then there's also the fact that this woman felt pressure from her family and the society. It makes me wonder whether she made this decision for the right reasons. Because it can't be easy knowing that your singlehood is causing your pastor father trouble at work. However, I want to be fair. On the other hand, a lot of people say that once you get to a certain age, you don't need a long courtship. That older people know what they want, so when they see it, they don't waste time, they go after it. I hope that is the case here. I actually wish them all the luck in the world. Is it a choice I would have made? No. But I hope they have a long and happy married life. My next story is about Real Worry Pekin's weight loss. So a Nigerian comedian Real Worry Pekin, who lost a dramatic amount of weight, recently has finally made a statement about how she did it. In a YouTube video, she admitted that she underwent weight loss surgery to lose the weight. She said the decision was not an easy one, that it required a lot of courage. She said the main reason she did the surgery was for her health. She also said that her husband, Ikechuku, supported her because he too was worried about her health. First of all, I want to commend Real Worry Pekin for telling the truth about how she did it. So many celebrities go under the knife and then lie to the public that it was natural. You know, setting unrealistic standards for the public. Anyway, there are some people saying that she should have lost the weight naturally instead of going the surgery route. I feel like if you have the money and you have the mind for surgery, then do it as long as it's for your health, you know, to save your life. If you can use surgery to intervene, me, I feel you should do it. We don't look at people who need open heart surgery because of their unhealthy lifestyles and tell them to live a more healthy lifestyle. So why is it different for this? As long as it's for your health, I feel like people should do what they must. And of course, there are some body positivity people saying that she should not have done the surgery. According to them, she should have loved herself at her previous size. And I think that is absolute rubbish. You know, as a formerly fat person myself, I can tell you that the quality of my life now is much better than it was when I was overweight. Listen, when I was 20, I would struggle to pick things up off the floor, like to bend over and pick things up off the floor. Like I would bend over and my waist would crack at 20 
I would get winded walking up a flight of stairs, just one flight of stairs. Can you imagine? That's not a way anyone should live. So I hail anyone who is overweight and is trying to do something about it. What I think body positivity should be is, yeah, you love yourself at any size, but recognize that your body is not healthy. Be kind and patient to yourself, oh. And people should be kind to you because you are overweight. Doesn't mean people should treat you anyway. But try and do something to bring yourself down to a healthy weight. I'm not saying the goal should be thin, you know, stick thin. I'm saying it should be healthy. That is what I think body positivity should be. Not to just be any weight and allow yourself to continue to get worse. Because really it is unhealthy to be overweight. And I speak from experience. Also, one last thing for anyone considering this surgery. You should know that this surgery is not a cure-all for fat. If you have this surgery and go back to your unhealthy eating habits, you will gain the weight right back. I don't know if you guys remember a few years ago when Sam Smith revealed that um, as a result of health concerns and getting bullied when he was in school, his parents got him weight loss surgery um, when he was, I think he was 12 years old. According to him, he gained that weight back in just a few weeks because he went back to eating how he was eating before. So that is something to consider. Also, surgery is no joke. People go under anesthesia and never wake up. As in, there are no complications, no nothing. They just don't wake up. Their body doesn't know how to handle anesthesia. So that is also a risk. So do your research. Do some reading about whatever surgery you want to undergo. My next story, the FCT minister demolishes popular market. On Tuesday, officials from the Federal Capital Territory Administration demolished an illegal market called Kasuandere in Asukuru, Abuja. The market, although it was popular, has long been suspected of being a haven for criminals and, you know, criminal activity. Mukhtar Galadima, the director of the um, Department of Development Control, said the market was becoming a threat to residents. According to him, the place had to go because it constituted a security threat. So actually, I am familiar with that area. I used to work in that area. And it was actually quite interesting because that is actually a really, really upscale area. Like I'm talking about houses in the billions of Naira. You know, you will look at a house, you see like this luxury home. Then you walk down the street and you see Kasuandere, which is like a, basically it's, it's, it's a slum. Untarred roads, shacks, mud everywhere, chaos. It was just an interesting thing to behold. To just see the uh, juxtaposition between like the extremely wealthy and the extremely poor. Because I had a colleague who lived in that area and his home was burgled. They took everything he owned. They took all his valuables, including his laptop that he used to work. He was a freelance video editor. So they took the computer he was able to use to make a living. In the end, he was forced to move out of that place because stories like that were becoming too rampant and he was scared about, you know, getting robbed again. For me, this is a welcome development. I mean, it's not ever a good thing when people are displaced. However, when you go and settle down somewhere you know isn't yours, this is bound to happen. Also, when settlements like this spring up, it's very hard to ensure security because plans for security were not made by the government. That's why crime in the area was so high. Also, when our new FCT minister came out to say that illegal structures will be brought down, many made fun of him. They were saying that there are other issues he needs to address first. Which is true, but he is right. Because really, people's heads are not correct. How will you be walking on the road and you will see an empty plot of land and just decide that you are going to build your house there? You will see a public park and then go and build a shop or restaurant there. Is that not madness? I, for one, am happy that this is happening. Law and order needs to be brought back. And although there are other ways to do it, better ways to do it, at this point, I will take what I can get. Also, I feel like I should mention this. 
Um, the FCT minister, Nielsen Wiki, is reported to have some property in the area. That is the Kaswandiri area. He is receiving criticism from people saying that this was a self-serving act on his part. And if you look at it, it actually does seem that way. But others are countering saying that that market has been targeted for demolition for a long time. And many efforts have been made toward that, but none really took. So let's just be watching and see what happens. My final story. <laughs> 20% tax increase on sugary beverages. So the Nigerian federal government is set to do this to curb the excessive consumption of sugary drinks in Nigeria. They feel that by increasing the monetary burden on sugary drinks, that people will be forced to move to healthier options. You mean the healthier options that are more expensive than the unhealthy options? Listen, a pack of regular juice is hovering around 900 naira right now, while a pack of sugar-free natural juice is 3,000 naira. So how exactly is increasing the price of unhealthy drinks going to work when the healthier options are even more expensive? Listen, even if they want to increase the price by 100%, people will still buy these drinks. People are going to do what they want to do. This initiative is not going to dissuade anyone. Also, how insulting is it that they are taxing these drinks to control consumption as if people are too stupid to know that what they are consuming is unhealthy for them? They know. They just don't have cheaper alternatives. What the government should be doing right now is coming up with ways to make the healthier options more readily available and affordable. Some economists have even suggested that as the fuel subsidy has been removed, the government should have turned around and subsidized food and drink for the next four years. That way it would encourage people to go into production, which is good for the economy and it will give citizens some relief where food is concerned. I don't know how well that will work, but I've seen a few economists actually suggest this. Anyway, policies like this really irritate me because either it's a cash grab or the people involved don't actually know what is going on on the ground. They don't know how the market works. And I'm not sure which case angers me more. Anyway, this hasn't been implemented yet. Let's just keep watch and see what happens. Now it's time for In Case You Missed It, where I play the audio from one of my hot takes posted somewhere else on the internet, sometime over the past week or even earlier. Why? In case you missed it. See, business is not for everybody. Everywhere I look, there are people online advising everybody to have a business, have a side hustle. Business is not for everybody. Some people are supposed to be employees and that is fine. Like, do you know the amount of people you go to to buy something and they are rude? They treat you like trash. You are providing, like, you're not doing me a favor. I am giving you my money for a service. Render that service. Why are you shouting at me because I want to buy biscuits? Like, I'm, I don't understand. If you know that you are not a people person, then you are not a business person. Like, because, listen, if you deal with customers, if you deal with clients, you know that people are crazy. And you have to be able to smile through people's crazy if you are in business. And the one that is busting my head is that these business people are rude when they are the ones in the wrong. Like, how is it that I bought product A and you supplied product B? And I'm telling you, I have been rude to me. Like, is your head correct? Like, oh my God. I have noticed that a lot of business people are very lax about client relationships. And what people don't understand is that it is the relationships you build with your clients that will make your business to progress. Like, if... I come to you and you are bad to me. I will go, I will not come back. What you want in business is repeat business. You want customers to keep coming back. It's better for you to have five customers that keep coming back than a thousand that only buy once and go. Those five that keep coming back can create more business than that 1,000 that bought once and never came back. Like, I don't understand. People are such... I, if you Listen, if you are... Oh, God. Listen, if you do not understand business, leave business alone. Because not only are you providing trash services, you are saturating the market. So the people who are actually good at business are getting drowned in your nonsense. 
I don't know if you can tell, but I am incensed by this because I have encountered one too many rubbish business people recently and it needs to stop. This week, I'm jealous of you if you haven't watched House MD. This show follows the life of Dr. Gregory House and his team in the hospital where they work. They are a team of diagnosticians. Basically, it's their job to treat patients that no other doctor has been able to treat. They look at difficult cases and figure out the diseases these people have and cure them. Um, it's very heavy when it comes to the medical material in the show. And I'm not going to lie, a lot of the things they talk about, when they talk about medicine, will go over your head if you're not a doctor or a medical professional. But that's what I like about this show because it doesn't matter. You will still be able to follow the story even if you do not understand the medical jargon. You will also learn a lot about the human body. You know fascinating things about your body and disease just by watching this show. I have watched it three times now and I learn new stuff every time I watch it. Of course, this show is fiction, so it is not 100% accurate. So you should do your own research and look stuff up that you find interesting instead of going to quote the show outside because you can embarrass yourself. I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, the reason I am recommending this show to you is because the relationships in this show are so complex. Dr. House himself is a deeply troubled character. So we see how he navigates relationships with his best friend, his subordinates, his colleagues, his love interests, and all of that. The relationship dynamics are really interesting and intriguing to watch. I mean, you just want to know more. So go and watch it. It's really good. And with that, we come to the end of this week's episode. I am your host, Suleiman Ocheni. I would love if this podcast could be a conversation between you and I. So if you have a question, anything relationship related that you need help with, please send it to me via email. You can write an email or record a voice note and send that to me. Remember, if I treat your issue on the podcast, you will be anonymous, so I will not expose you. Equally, if you have any feedback, any additions or subtractions from what I have said on this week's episode of the podcast, you can also reach out. Email me at suleiman.talks at gmail.com, which is spelled S-U-L-E-I-M-A-N dot T-O-K-S at gmail.com You can also DM me on Instagram if you would prefer that. I am Suleiman underscore talks on Instagram and TikTok. You can follow me on those platforms for more relationship advice. The voice you heard at the beginning of this podcast is the lovely Fatima Beta. The theme song you're listening to right now and at the start of the podcast is by Koma Media on pixabay.com Thank you for listening. Catch a brand new episode of CIE next Monday. So, until then, bye.